podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. We also have our Alexa skill go down here in the show notes. There will be a link to our Linktree link. It's linktr.ee forward dash startup radio. And you'll find there everything you need about startup radio, all our social media, our internet feeds, internet radio, all our sub podcast, social media, and so on and so forth. If you have not done so, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button wherever you're listening to this or watching this. Whew, there was a lot to say. Now I would like to welcome Thomas in LA. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Jorn. It's, uh, I'm great. How are you? I am doing good as well. And uh, this time we are actually beating all the students, all the school pupils, all the students in California, because last time we tried this and at 9 a.m. your time, basically the internet just completely went dead and I did not even get an audio feed from you. So this time you're in the office and this time it hopefully works. Um, as always, people can find you um, down here in the show notes, your LinkedIn profile. And I went through it. I've seen a lot of stuff you've been doing. You are originally from Ulm, uh, the area around Ulm, where you studied, and um, you then went on to the United States, where you still live. We get, we catch you here in LA in your office, right? That is that is correct. Yeah, I, I'm actually in our office in Santa Monica. We're basically four blocks from the beach. Uh, <laughs> last week, as you mentioned, uh, I was in my home office, which I've been working out for the last year, basically. Um, and because of all the school uh, going online around 9 a.m., I think the bandwidth, the upload bandwidth, which it just went to zero. So I basically had had no internet for an hour, and, and unfortunately we couldn't do uh, the call back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, I started out in in Ulm. I studied electrical engineering at University of Ulm. Um, I worked for around three years in in, in Germany, out of Munich. Uh, first in an engineering a role and then later on I moved to business development and and, and application support um, and then in around 1998 I actually moved to uh, the Bay Area it was an interesting time back then I uh, was all the uh, all the hype all the internet was building up I remember driving uh, through the Bay Area where the Yahoo's the Alta Vistas and um, the Lycos were still everywhere everywhere around. Um, I think Google at that time was just raising uh, their first 100,000 investments from Andy Bechtelsheimer and a little bit later from Jeff Bezos, working out of a garage in uh, Menlo Park. Uh, basically, the, the, the names you just mentioned, Alta Vista and Lycos, they're so old, I'm, I'm afraid we have to put down uh, Wikipedia links down here that some of the audience actually realize what they have been. Lycos was a type of internet portal, and I do believe Alta Vista was a very rudimentary version of what is today Google. 
Um, I think they were kind of both in search, but I agree. Yeah, I think what you said is absolutely correct. I, I just brought this up, I mean, kind of to show uh, how long I've basically uh, been in the U.S. And and I, I was really amazed with the hype and, and I mean, just uh, driving through uh, all these famous companies basically through through Silicon Valley when you drive like from San Jose to, to San Francisco. I mean, that's just an amazing experience. Overall, I would say uh, driving by all these billboards with all these these very famous companies. And that's kind of why I kind of mentioned it. And and yeah, Google was basically operating out of a garage, I think out of Susan's house in, in Menlo Park. It's just, I mean, completely amazing fast forwarding 20 years or so. And <laughs> Uh, obviously, they've taken over all of Mountain View. <laughs> um, and and um, so basically, you've been doing uh, you've been doing some um, marketing apps, electrical engineering. Um, then you co-founded a company and another company, and then you ended up on as a venture partner with one traction in the greater LA area. Can you take us a little bit along your journey there? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I kind of guess I got a little bit sidelined there. Thanks for, for, for reeling me back back in off my memory lane. Yes. Um, I, I worked in the Bay Area for like two, two, three years. Then I kind of decided I wanted to move south. So I um, I moved still, still in a more a business development, merger and acquisition, um, and, and corporate strategy role. I moved to, from from the Bay Area. I moved to uh, Los Angeles. Um, actually, I had offices in Irvine and, and Newbury Park. Worked there for quite some time, uh, and then around five six years ago, I started I started a company in the in in the, in, in the small and medium sized business segment um, for. Um, managing uh, customer interaction for 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 retail customers, and a little bit later on, I was working on a social engagement uh, and networking platform uh, prior to uh, joining One Traction, where where I basically uh, scouted startups for our corporate development program. Um. I was wondering when you uh, moved to LA, uh, the the rush hour and the bad traffic is legendary. You also get some piece of this action. Well, yes, obviously the traffic is is well known right now. The traffic has been pretty good. It's slowly it's slowly uh, reaching back pre pandemic levels. I'm af uh, I'm afraid. Uh, luckily, I'm still working most of the time from my home office, so. Um, not impacting me, but at that time, yes, you you have to learn traffic patterns quickly. Uh, you got to plan your meetings. You got to make sure you know which highway to go at what time and which highway not to go at at which time. Um, it it is a challenge, no question. Um, but you you develop a kind of a sense to some extent uh, where you can travel and where you cannot travel. Um, I mean, now I'm basically based in, in Malibu. My, my home is in Malibu and my office is in Santa Monica. So even at the worst time, um, it, it shouldn't take me more than like half an hour. And we're talking basically about uh, less than, than six miles uh, along uh, Pacific Coast Highway. Um, but so some people say, well, just jump on your bike. And I actually do that sometimes. It might be faster <laughs> uh, to, to travel along, along that, uh, that route than taking the car. But you're absolutely right. The traffic can definitely be a challenge if if you want to move from the west side, Santa Monica, Venice, to 
to downtown LA at the wrong time, uh, you could be looking at one and a half hours for a trip that, that should take 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my understanding is that um, that uh, uh, this social media aggregator, was it something like uh, you would know today as Buffer or Think Owl, Or was it more like a monitoring, less a posting tool? Well, the social media thing, we did start it actually kind of what I consider like an aggregator. We started with the idea. I met, I meet Jörn somewhere. I want to connect with him on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, and, and, and Facebook, for example. And, and so instead of finding you on all those tools, uh, you would use our app. We'll find you there and I can choose which network I wanted to connect with you on the fly. Um, This was a while back. All the APIs were still wide open. And obviously, social media companies realized pretty quickly um, that the, the biggest value they had was in the networking and the scales of their users. So uh, Facebook, I think, was the first that uh, released APO. They went from API 1.0 to API 1.1, I believe. And access to the connection and, and, and networking Uh, capabilities connecting to new people was significantly impaired. LinkedIn was the second one. So we moved away, pivoted quickly. Um, you learn how important it is to pivot in life. If, uh, if you realize something doesn't work out, you got to be flexible, you got to pivot. And so we pivoted towards uh, more like a networking app instead of uh, using business cards. I would basically, for example, meet you somewhere in person. Hard to imagine these days, but I, I remember times before COVID where we actually did have networking events where we would uh, hang out and, and talk to people. And if, if we both had the app installed, um, the app would basically record that we've been in proximity for a certain amount of time. And then afterwards, you would be asked if you wanted to connect with me and basically send me some messages without actually doing to have uh, my, my, my information. Uh, and the app would basically just recommend Uh, to do that based on proximity. It's kind of very similar to what um, what the COVID tracing apps are doing this day. Back, back then, uh, there was uh, the Bluetooth wasn't as widely available, so we used GPS, but um, uh, it's still quite similar to what you have today in the COVID uh, tracing apps. Mm -hmm. I see. And then at one point, uh, you left the company and became a venture partner. That is... Uh, pretty interesting for me, especially what type of um, investment philosophy did you use there? Uh, did you have like a checklist you were going for your gut feeling? How did you work there and how did it help you with the current position? Uh, you, 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 uh, sorry, clarify that. You want to talk about my current position or the one before? Uh, if, if you like to, first the one before. Okay. Yeah, that's a little bit different. You see the company before, we were kind of more like a reverse uh, pitch investor. So we would basically go to our corporate clients and ask them, what do you, what are you looking for? So we were working with corporate clients that might not have an, a corporate VC arm and they might still have uh, develop, developing shortcomings in, in, in their R&D. And we would ask them, what do you need? Uh, what are you looking for? And then we would go out and scout for those startups specifically. So we were basically uh, trying to find startup for specific corporate need. That's a little bit the other way around. I mean, what I'm doing now, obviously, we 
find startups, we, we found them, we, we, we invest in them, we groom them, make them, make them pretty, make them unicorn capable. And then, and then, and then we, we, we try to raise money for them. Um, like one example went back then at one traction. I remember one company that we worked that was, uh, doing like some cloud storage aggregation, which came very hard, very later, but we, we had two or three corporate clients that basically looked for the same thing and we were very successful finding them early startups that were doing exactly the management that you could basically use your, your, your Google cloud, your AWS cloud and you could manage it, that you didn't rely on just the interface of one provider, but that you actually had the management capabilities um, to uh, manage multiple uh, cloud services via one, one dashboard. Or, or one interface, which was very attractive to, to the customers we had at that time. Mm -hmm. I see. And um, uh, you, you, you already touched your current position of Expert Dojo. That's why we are talking today. And can you tell us a little bit uh, what type of startups you guys are looking for, like in terms of geography, in terms of uh, stage, like product, seed, uh, investment stage, or in terms of the of the uh, marketability of the product, or uh, and what you guys are then doing with them? Yeah, absolutely, be happy to learn. Um, Expert Dojo is is an uh, an accelerator, so we typically look for early stage, early stage. Startups, we are fairly technology agnostic. Um, 41% of our investments have been into female founders, which is a, a big difference compared to um, some of our um, some of the other accelerators that, that we are around. Um, we, we, we mentioned earlier, four years ago, five years ago, we started looking mostly for local companies in the Santa Monica area. Um, what they kind of call Silicon Beach. I'm not a big fan of that, but as of five years ago, we were only looking for companies that were basically in proximity. But two years ago, we kind of decided we really wanted to uh, reach out internationally to even areas where they might have less access to, um, first of all, the guidance, uh, the capabilities. We have a strong uh, growth and sales uh, network in the United States. So now we're basically an inter international accelerator. We went 100% online two years ago, like a year before, before COVID basically forced everybody uh, to move all their programs pretty much, much online. Um, we've made around 100 investments in startups. Investment check size is typically 100K. Um, there's some flexibility into that. We can, we can invest a little bit less for a little bit less equity. Um, and... Uh, We are looking to uh, deploy another 8 million for around 80 startups in, in our cohort uh, this year. And we have uh, basically almost completed our first cohort of the year. And we're going to start the second one uh, sometimes in the April timeframe. So if that sounds interesting to you, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, we are going to obviously accept uh, applications uh, on an ongoing basis. We'll be running six cohorts this year. So. Uh, there's there's basically almost always a new cohort starting very soon. Um, how long is such a program, and what could 
startups expect from this acceleration program? As you said, it starts out with some investment, some equity, but what do the startups learn during this time? And actually, um, uh, how do you help them? How's the program set up? Uh, what do you teach those guys? Oh yeah, that's, that's obviously a great, great question. <clears throat> um, the, the program is typically around 10, 10 weeks long. It actually goes like around three months, but there's maybe one or two breaks in, in between. Um, we, we, we focus on three things, build, invest, and grow. So the first five, six weeks of the program is basically um, to really build your startup. And what do we mean by build your startup? You're basically looking at a unicorn vision. So we are only, if we invest in your startup, we do believe that you could become a unicorn within, uh, within two, three years. And so we kind of work on the unicorn strategy. Uh, we look at what is your branding? Uh, what is your influence that you need? And what kind of digital marketing uh, do you need to deploy to really um, get to this point? Uh, we, see, we see obviously a, a lot of programs out there for accelerators. They focus mostly only on the invest part, which if you, if you have a somewhat decent idea, you pitch it in front of... Uh, a thousand investors, maybe it's going to stick once. I don't, that's not really our approach. We, we basically want to develop your company that the investors actually feel that they want to invest in your company, that they are actually worried. The fear of missing out is what the, what is always the nice thing. What is always the nice thing that, that, that happens that the investor needs to feel if I'm not investing in this company, I'm going to miss the next Facebook. I'm going to miss the next. I'm going to miss the next Google. Amazon. I'm going to miss the next Apple. And, and, and so we are really spending a lot of time. You have to like learn and breathe. You have to learn to breathe and live your startup and your, and, and your enthusiasm and your conviction that you're basically uh, going to be the one that's going to make it. And, and I would say that as a German, I think that is something that I think a lot of people uh, from Europe uh, can benefit a lot from. Because uh, we are, we tend to be, and I include myself, we, we tend to be very critical and we tend to be uh, very questionable and we tend to uh, not focus on the stuff that we can do. We can, we tend, I tend to do that myself. We tend to focus on the stuff that, that, that we, why we can do stuff. Uh, and we try to convince or we, we convince people to focus on uh, what they can do and what is possible. So that's the, that is the build part. Then the invest part is what you pretty much expect from any accelerator. Um, it's called what, what is the outreach to investors? Um, we call this investors hell week. Uh, we'll have five demo days with like 20 investors each. Every startup is going to pitch in front of, in, in front of those investors. Um, this year, I mean, this, this cohort actually, we had at least 30 investors. So every startup basically pitched in front of 150 investors. Um, in, in regards of success, I would say, um, all startups have, uh, raised funding. I would say 80% of our startups are basically oversubscribed and 20%. They still have a little leaving to go, but we haven't even completed the program. So extremely, extremely successful. Um, you have to look at, at us or at an, as a way how you can really increase your chances to secure funding. And obviously, we provide some funding 
but we're really the tool for you to build a company that allows you to raise much more follow-on funding. And as you probably know, 98% of the companies don't even make it to the funding stage. So if you can just increase that percentage by 10% or whatever, double that chance, I mean, you're already golden. And, and that's what we're really focusing on the second part, in the second part of the program. And then the last, uh, the last portion, the last three, four years, is really on, on revenue growth, sales strategy, a little bit talent management, um, and, and uh, go to market, how, how you can scale up quickly, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we really want to see our startups to be able to get um, to $100,000 revenue per month within 12 months after joining our program. And that's what our uh, outreach team's focusing on, and that, that's what we want startups to be focusing on. If you have if you have lots of revenue, you're going to get lots of investments. It's that simple. If you have a great idea, you might get some investments. But if you if you have revenue, uh, maybe not profitable yet. But if you have recurring monthly revenues, it is so much easier to raise funding than just having a great idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, like you said, uh, you're investing in startups that you guys as expert dojo team believe in that could be unicorn you're agnostic in terms of technology uh what 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 are you looking for like every startup can apply right now or uh do do, do you already have i assume at least a scalable business model is a necessary ingredient you will most likely look at startups who have already uh gathered a team And uh, then basically they can apply to you from all over the world? Yes, absolutely. Um, every, I mean, almost all over the world. I mean, there might be some countries that are on embargoes list, but, but basically we do accept, we do accept startups from, from all over the world. Um, our existing cohorts, we have, uh, um, I would say 67% of our startups are coming from Europe. Um, we got the 25, 25% are basically coming from, uh, from North America that includes us and, and Canada. We have a, a few percentage points coming from a few startups coming from Africa. And we have one startup that's actually coming from India. So the, the, the geographic region is very wide. Uh, our program is typically run uh, from in the morning from eight to like around one o'clock California time. So um, that uh, that startups that comes from India has a little bit of a problem right now in regards of um, of the timing. It's basically really bad. All all the sessions are recorded and available for for startups in Europe or Germany um, that that basically translate to a time. The programs happen somewhere from the early afternoon to uh, to the evening, uh, late evening, uh, maybe night. Um, but it's definitely very doable. So so region definitely. Um, I think we kind of covered. Um, I'm not saying that having some small revenue is a must-have, but it's a very nice to have. So, I mean, if you if you do not have, but you think you launch, you think you'll have something very soon. That's that's obviously we really like to see. Um, in regards of areas, um, I can I can just take a few examples of our existing cohort. We actually do have one CPG company in the cohort. We don't do that very often. Um, But definitely, we are looking at it. Um, this is kind of in the health, in the health, healthy, healthy 
um, food and drink segment. So it's it's a little bit it's it's a little bit hyped right now. So that's that's why we kind of decided to do it. We we have a couple of SaaS SaaS companies. We have fintech com- companies in Africa, um, and we actually do have some clean tech, including hardware um, that that are kind of uh, revolutionizing the uh, the electric grid and and the way that that engines are effective, um, efficient uh, in a way. So you can see it's a very broad range, and we spend a lot of one-on-one times with those startups in the programs as well to to make sure that the outreach to the investors is really customized. Obviously, there's some investors that are completely technology agnostic as we are. There are others that that are more uh, technology centered, and and we will do both to make sure. Um, that the startup really gets the best out of the program. The same, the same applies to our growth team. There's a lot of things that apply uh, broadly, but our growth team will work one-on-one with the startups, uh, with our experts to really reach out to uh, the relevant partners that, that are all over the U.S. I, I, I'm uh, just one question left for me. Do you have any, um, startups that uh, most people or at least a few people would know from uh, outside the greater LA area? I know uh, star- startups uh, startups are usually like local heroes and then it really fizzles out pretty fast to, to the very little um, niche they're serving, but maybe one or two um, are better known? Um, I, I frankly don't think that any of... We, we haven't been doing this so long, so I don't think any of our startups um, are like the uh, at the level that they would have a strong brand recognition. Uh, definitely not our existing cohort. Um, those are obviously all early-state startups that, that are um, uh, obviously doing have some traction either in their home country or do have a little... Uh, home traction here in the U.S. Unfortunately, um, that's kind of why I came to your show is we do not have any uh, German startups yet. So I would, uh, or German speaking startups. So I would definitely love to uh, encourage everybody that uh, works on a startup that is kind of in, in what we're looking for. Um, I think we covered a lot of um, the, uh, the, the startups that, that we're kind of looking to accept in our program. And it would be awesome if, if you could get a couple of, uh, of German speaking startups, European startups in, into our program. We definitely, uh, we, we definitely would be looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, everybody who would la- now like to learn more or apply, go down here in the show notes. There is a link to your company website, which is pretty simple expertdojo.com we'll have the link and there you can find out more including all the portfolio companies um, that have been members of the program but I went through them and actually I personally also did not recognize them yet but as you said uh, you're pretty early Um, when did you guys start with this type of international program I, I, I remember you said something like two years ago That is correct. Complete. Yes, um, yep. we 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 start we and then when we started, we started obviously much smaller. I mean, every I mean, even even every accelerator starts smaller, right? So 
I think up to today, we have done around 100 investments over the last four years. And I would say uh, the majority of those probably came from the last two years. And as you, as I said earlier, this year, we're looking to do 80 investments. So as you can see, we are really growing. So the team is growing quickly. And obviously, the number of startups we want to take in is growing as well. So yeah, two years, um, but we're growing quickly. And we're looking to find 80 startups this season uh, to take into our program, to take into our accelerator and, and, and build the next uh, unicorn with you. And as you said, you're kind of a rolling program. So that means... Uh, when one deadline closes, um, the um, the next will be opening pretty soon. Um, do you have, like, from the top of your mind, like the next one or two um, closing dates that we can have here? Uh, there, like there's the there's really no there's yeah there's really no hard closing day. The next cohort starts somewhere in April, so obviously, uh, I, I would say we need at least two three weeks <laughs> to to do our due diligence. So. Um, so, um, I mean, obviously April is still open again, and there will be one in May and there will be another one in June. And I think there'll, there'll be even, we'll even start one in July. I think then August there's a break. We have, we have the dates, we have the dates on our webpage. Those dates are not set in stone. They're flexible. But as you mentioned, um, I, I mean, even the startup world is fast, but it's not so fast. So, um, if, if you are a startup that considers moving, their business to the U.S. or want to grow their business in the U.S. That's ideal. It's not. It's not necessarily 60% of our cohorts basically want to move to the U.S. But it's not necessarily. We we have invested in in other startups that that have no intention to uh, to move to the U.S. Uh, in 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 the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's what I also had in mind. That's why we're talking because um, a lot of startups are looking at evaluating the US as a potential market. And uh, then it definitely makes sense to also take in the expert knowledge, take in your network and as well as maybe a little bit of investment. Uh, Thomas. Was a pleasure talking to you. Sometimes we had a tiny bit of interruptions. It's one again that the school, the school pupil, the school children, uh, wrecking a little bit havoc on our internet recording right now. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like leaks better than uh, what we had before. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you. We keep you, uh, we keep the guys up to date about you. And as always, you can find everything you need to know down here in the show notes. Wonderful. Thank you so so much, Jörn, for having me. I really enjoyed this. Great. All oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.